Hello, I'm Gemma Kearney and this is Sorry Not Sorry, brought to you by Galaxy Chocolate, a podcast helping you take the time to actively choose pleasure. Finding quality time for ourselves is very important for our overall well-being, so we wanted to do something about it. Together, we're trying to empower the next generation of women to choose more pleasure than the last. According to research commissioned by Galaxy Chocolate, a quarter of Brits have admitted they're simply too busy to enjoy themselves as much as they'd like. And 18 to 34-year-olds rank themselves the lowest with regards to happiness at just 5.9 out of 10. Now, this is quite disappointing, so we're on a mission to change this. In this second series, we speak to even more interesting and inspiring guests to get their take on how they find the time to do what they want and what they choose to do with their spare time. This week, I'm joined by Pip Stewart, an adventurer, journalist and presenter who not only cycled halfway around the world, she also completed a world-first paddle down one of South America's biggest rivers. Pip, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Lovely to be here. And your energy straight away has struck me. I, I can almost imagine you in the gear, cycling like a brilliant beast. <laughs> I can kind of imagine it. Like you've got that, you've got like a real up vibe. And I really want to understand how one finds that. <laughs> well, at the moment, I don't feel very up. I'm massive. I'm like nearly about to pop. How's your midwifery, Gemma? Because um, we're literally nine months here. I'm just just going to say I'm great here. I've never tried it, but I'm a yes person. So yeah, I reckon I can deliver a baby. Sweet. <laughs> I'll give it a go. <laughs> Pip, you've made it to the studio, which means that you get to choose from the Galaxy Chocolate Hamper. I mean, try not to sort of munch too hard on the microphone, but you are welcome to make this a pleasurable experience by enjoying something. Oh what my do you gosh. go for? I'm salivating and I'm going to do that very un-British thing and I'm actually going to go for a really big bar if that's okay. Because I'm seeing friends later, so I'm going to go share. I am going to share. Yeah, <laughs> go you. for it. You've so, for I'm not, I'm not, chocolate. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sorry. Just... Thank Just you. Just enjoy. <laughs> We've got so much to discuss. You have done so many awesome things. Um, you're very quickly becoming a new idol of mine. Let's talk about like the last big thing that you've done that people just go, what, when you tell them? Do you know what? I think that was probably the Essequibo journey down the Essequibo River in Guyana. And it was myself, two of my friends, and we were guided by the YY community. And, oh, my God, Gemma, it was the most mental thing I think I've ever done. You know those moments in life when you're like, why have I signed up for yes. three months in the jungle? Three, I mean, I haven't <laughs> said that to myself. I've, I've done a lot of travelling with my work, uh, and I'm very grateful for it. But it's usually an intense amount of work in, say, five days. Three months! Yeah, it was three months, remote jungle, kayaking down a river that had never been kayak from source to sea uh, it was my friend Laura's idea I think I must have been like delirious when she rang me up and I must have heard we're going to float down a river with pina coladas or something because I was like <laughs> yeah sounds great sign me up but the reality oh my gosh it was the toughest thing I think I've ever done you know eight hours in a kayak had to hike to the source up mountains at 45 degrees and you don't see anyone for weeks and months and uh, yeah I think that was probably the most intense thing I've, I've done and did you enjoy it? 
do you know what? The first three weeks, like yeah. like with many of my journeys, actually, to be honest, Gemma, I had a bit of a meltdown because I was like, what am I doing? I might actually die here. And when you're yeah. sort of confronted with your mortality, that's a little bit scary. But once we sort of relaxed into the experience and just being physical every day, I mean, oh my gosh, I felt incredible. And the YY guides we were with taught us how to survive in the jungle, like what trees we could touch, what kind of snakes and spiders we should avoid. And it was just the most magical experience I've ever had. And it's so different to the world that we know now. For example, us being attached to our phones and technology. I feel like the Western world really can't comprehend that type of expedition. Funny you mentioned phones, because one night we had um, a jaguar come through the camp. Oh, my God. And the fear response that you get, your whole body is con- like on this high alert. Then the jaguar went away and you could just relax. And what I noticed was I came back to London And every time my phone went off with like a WhatsApp or a notification or an email, I got a similar, like, albeit not as exaggerated, but a similar response to when that Jaguar came, but you can't switch off. Well, they call it fight or flight, don't they, in terms of the way that humans are built. And if we do have stressful lives or we've suffered something in the past, that our bodies can be in that state of fight or flight, whether it's an actual Jaguar or our phones or someone annoying us on WhatsApp or getting ghosted by a date. And that was the weirdest thing coming back. So now I definitely try and limit how much and when I use my phone because I was like, there is a Jaguar in my pocket like at the moment currently. And what gives you the inspiration to do this? Because it's quite kind of wild and far-fetched. When you first started doing some of these really outlandish trips, what made you think, yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a woman and I'm going to go and do that? I love travel because it connects you to yourself, to other people and to the world around you. And I suppose my first big journey, which was cycling from Malaysia to London, uh, my partner, Charlie, sort of gave me a prod and said, well, why don't we cycle back? And I thought he'd gone completely bonkers. I was like, look, I'm not an athlete. I can't do this. And then I thought, you know what? Why not? You know, I can sit at work from nine to five. So I can sit on a bike from nine to five. And I knew I wasn't going to break any speed records. You know, I'm not the fastest. I'm not, yeah, definitely not the fastest. But I just thought, why not? Like, what is the worst that's going to happen? And I think if you have a bit of sense of humour, you start something new, you realise you're going to be a bit rubbish at the beginning. Like, you'll get there in the end. And how long did it take you to do that? 13 months. So, again, I wasn't quick. (laughs) (sighs) What were some of the most hair-raising moments. Oh, do you know what? We, we were in Tajikistan on the Tajik-Afghan border um, and it was getting kind of towards dusk and we were looking for a camp spot because we were wild camping most of the way and we pulled over to a really nice river setting. We're like, oh, perfect camp spot. Put up our tent, looked down and next to us was like this unexploded mortar. So obviously there's been a lot of fighting in the region for a long time. So we gingerly sort of like backed our bikes up and realised we were surrounded by all these mortars. Sort of very gingerly, like went back to the road, cycled a little bit further down, put up our tent, went to sleep. Next morning we woke up and we realised that we'd actually put our tent next to another unexploded mortar. Whoa. So we were so lucky and we reported it to the authorities when we got to the capital um, and they were like, oh yes, yeah, we, we're kind of aware that there's a lot of mortars in that area. Whoa. So yeah, that was lucky. And yeah, cars, probably the other big danger, mm. but yeah, nearly uh, exploding ourselves. Wow. What about the pressures of everyday life? When you are you know, on a boat in Guyana, 
does the fact that you need to pay your rent start to get into your brain and how does one get rid of that? <laughs> yeah, I think we're sold a bit of a myth, Gemma, in, in life really because everyone says oh, it doesn't matter as long as you're happy and I think actually we're human so we experience a range of emotions and this is why I love adventure so much because yes, you are sitting on a boat thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with the next six months of my life? Oh my gosh, I'm a failure or whatever that kind of creeps into your brain. But actually, I think by pushing yourself to these extremes, you kind of realise things are going to be okay. You can recover from them and you have highs, you have lows. And so much of that is just accepting that that is part of life. And Mm. this constant striving for like happiness, I think is making us more unhappy. Whereas if we just go, do you know what? Life can be a bit rubbish sometimes. And, you know, right now it's great and and embrace it when it's great, kind of ride it when it's bad and, and hold on tight. This is the thing I always say, I call myself a bit of an accidental adventurer. Like you look at me, I'm five foot three. I'm not like, I don't look like an athlete. And I just think, I love it because you do one of these things and you think, okay, I've done that. I can do another one. And your confidence grows. And we've all got that little inner critic, right, that says, I shouldn't be here. I'm not good enough. Oh, my God, they're going to find me out. And I think the more you do of these things, whether it's a physical journey, travel or like, I don't know, work goals or something like that, the more you hit them, the more you think, well, you know, I I tried that. I'll give it a a go at something else. That is something I can definitely identify with. I think I, I call myself these days a life explorer. Oh, I love that. I am a broadcaster, presenter, all these shiny things, but I am a yes person and it does feel like the threshold just changes at the more that you, you challenge yourself. Yeah. Which can be fantastic, but also hard to integrate back into normal life. Oh my gosh, I remember coming back from Guyana and um, we'd seen a pineapple sort of growing out there and I saw one in the, in the supermarket and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I saw a pineapple in the jungle. And I got so, it was ridiculous. I was like, oh my gosh. But yeah, it can, it can be a little bit of uh, a pain in the bum to, to reintroduce yourself to so-called modern society. And what about decompression from such high octane, exciting wild trips? Oh, do you know what? I think it's a case of sounds quite hippie but like grounding yourself I think you know in the mornings I often try and wake up and do a meditation because I noticed since I got back from that expedition I was waking up the first thing I was doing was checking Instagram social media my emails hadn't even got out of bed Mm. and only in the last sort of couple of months I was like I actually need to rein myself in here Um, so every morning I've been doing a 10 minute little morning meditation sort of setting my goals for the day and that has helped massively because suddenly you're not sort of like thinking about your to-do list later in the day Mm -hmm. and it's just sort of being really present and calm and we're super lucky in that we live by the sea so sometimes take a cup of tea out on the beach in the morning just look at the sea try and really kind of have that moment of calm before crack on with some work the sea I've got to say and I go on about it a lot but it is really blooming great we have to give mother earth props on this one because her water is pretty fantastic and just looking at the sea can help you meditate even if you're one of those people that thinks that you can't switch off it's just looking at a big expanse. Yeah, and as, as you know, right, getting into it and that cold shock when oh, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm missing <laughs> I'm it at the moment because last series I was living by the sea and jumping into it a lot and this series I've moved back into the city and I am mourning that. I'm sort of jumping into Lido's in, in London and hoping for the best, but I miss the sea for sure. I was going to say, you got the Thames though. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And mm, in, yeah, people are like, why don't you swim in that? Bit murky. Yeah, yeah, not ideal. <laughs> but water in general, I, I just have a thing for it I'm into it 
There's an interesting modern day philosopher called Alan de Botton. Yeah, I love him. I really like some of his his thoughts and his writings and him him talking online. Um, and he's part of this really amazing collective called the, the School of Life. And I heard him say something about melancholy. It's quite an old school word, but it is exactly what you describe in the sense that sometimes it's the right to sit with the fact that things are not great. You might be in a bit of a bad mood. Like, it, it's just, it's not this idea of what he describes as brittle happiness which is something that we project a lot online it's kind of like that that moment the instagrammable wedding the 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 sort of fairy tale happy ever after thing or i had the best night out ever or whatever it is and i i think yeah pleasure can be found even in in melancholia even well that's it I, i think it's just accepting like life is is a beautiful sum of its parts and you don't experience trite to say but you need to experience the lows to experience the highs so I think there's real pleasure in just acceptance in Japan there's um, a group called the Yamabushi who are like former mountain hermits and um, they've got this little ritual where at the start of a hike they'll go to a body of water and leave your your kind of psychologically leave your problems in the water and then you climb over these three mountains that represent past present and future and then by the end of this hike you jump over fire so they completely use mother I nature I want to do yeah. that oh if you you should how long does do it. it take so the, it's about a week but okay, it's yeah, amazing I've got that amount of time I haven't got 13 months like you do <laughs> definitely I'd recommend that go to Japan find the Yamabushi go on a hike alright anyone listening up for it just let me know just drop me a tweet or whatever I'm so up for that and then jumping on fire <laughs> uh, is nature uh, something that can absolutely give us pleasure then do you know like in really explicit terms it can be simple we don't necessarily have the cash to jump to Japan tomorrow but can we find that in our local park oh absolutely and if ever I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed or what, or even if I just want to find a creative outlet for my poetry or something like that I'll always go for a walk and again the same tool can, can apply you could just leave your problem psychologically leave them at your house go for a little wonder and even if it's raining you'll feel better for it 100% like that's my go-to if I'm having a down day and I'm feeling a bit irritable or whatever I'm like take yourself for a walk you will feel better what do you think about the naysayers of that who might be listening thinking oh this is a hippie episode (laughs) I've got a lot of stuff to deal with and I'm living in uh you know a a high-rise block where I don't get to see patches of green etc are there like really practical kind of more general things that we can we can tell all people everywhere to to maybe put into their lives to be able to find some kind of peace I think something that I've started implementing that's been really useful is get rid of your to-do list so if you suddenly wake up and think oh my gosh I've got so much to do and you write a little list I think that actually makes us feel worse so I think wherever you are it's like try and block out time. So, I don't know, maybe you spend an hour doing this bit of work or you do, I don't know, do something else, but then make sure you actually block out some time for you that you don't feel guilty about. So, you know, even if it's half an hour to have a bath, have a shower, whatever it is you love to do, listen to music, sing, just make that time for yourself because wherever you are, you will feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Do you find pleasure in other people? You mentioned singing. Like, do you do that on your own? Do you go and find people to sing with? Oh my God, I got thrown out of the choir, Gemma. No! <laughs> you do not want what me to What happened? Sing. Oh, it was so embarrassing. I was at school and we all sort of like lined up and someone was clearly out of tune quite a long way and they made everyone sort of sing a note and it was me and they were like, maybe you shouldn't come back. <laughs> I was like, oh man. Oh, I, I yeah. can't. I can't sing at all either, really? but I, I do have like the 
the inclination every now and then in the shower just to yeah. let it all out. I love a good boogie, yeah, yeah. definitely. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear me sing in public. <laughs> what are your aims then next? Because you're clearly about to have a bebe, which yeah. is very exciting and probably one of the biggest adventures of all. Definitely. And and what do you do with all this energy that you have in this wanderlust? What are you going to do next? Well, I, I'm super excited because I think for me, whenever I travel, if there's a purpose to my travel, it makes it so much more interesting. And I think having a young person to introduce to the world and just show them like how amazing this world is, um, especially in the UK, you know, we have so much on our own doorstep, which mm. I barely scratched the surface of. Like Scotland's one of my favourite places. Yeah. So I'd love to do a little road trip with the baby. I picked up a flesh-eating parasite when I was in Guyana, oh, which no. was, yeah, yeah, it wasn't great, but raise a bit more awareness about that because yes. it's a really big issue. And then, yeah, just sort of do, do more family-based travel, essentially. Lovely. Just sort of take it in-house a little bit. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> a lot of people have said, oh, Pip, you know, that's the end of your adventuring now that you're pregnant. Mm. You know, you're not going to be able to do your journalism. You're not going to be writing about adventure travel. And I'm like, why not? I want to see if it's possible. I might be hugely optimistic and mum's listening might be going, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I shouldn't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm going to try and, and see how it goes. And what do you do behind closed doors for chilling out? I love bars. Absolutely. Ba- a bath with Epsom salt. Oh. I will just chill out in there for freaking ages. Me too. So good. Lush. And how do you find time within a day to actually be able to organise trips, be, you know, present and in the moment and meditate, um, but then also that general daily chores? Do you map it out or are you really genuinely go with the flow? No, do you know what? It's one of those things where it's like sometimes you don't practice what you preach. And I get to the end of the day and go, oh my gosh, I'd mapped out all this time that I was going to do X, Y, and Z in, and I haven't actually done it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's giving yourself a little bit of a break for that as well because, you know, we're not perfect. We're not going to be able to do everything. But I think if you can get into flow with whatever it is, for me, it's either writing or poetry or. That's why I love like physical journeys as well. When you're on your bike and you're sweating or in your case, if you're going for a swim and you're really like in that water, there's something about flow, which is just amazing. Okay, so as part of being an amazing, intrepid, brilliant explorer and adventurist, how does one adapt one's eating habits and sleeping habits being very global and international? So when we were in the jungle, we were eating whatever the YY would fish or catch or we'd find in the forest. Uh, We took like a lot of freeze-dried food. But again, it's sort of being adaptable. I eat mainly a vegetarian-based diet when I'm in the UK. But, you know, when you're traveling, it's not always that easy. So, yeah, just being open to to whatever comes your way, really. you just got to go for it and you'll find that you do adapt. Yeah, and also you you, you experience new flavours, new tastes. You Yeah, just like random fruits that you maybe never found before. Let's be honest, though. Surely when you were away for, for however many months, three months, down one of the biggest rivers in South America... Would you have been happy if I just jumped out of the tree and gave you a bar of galaxy chocolate? Oh, my God. You, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to be cheesy. I, I hate to be cheesy, but I would have been like some sort of modern equivalent to, uh, you know, like the chocolate heroes of advertising past. <laughs> And you would have been into it. Gemma, I don't think you'd even got a hello. It would have been like, it would have been ripped open and devoured. Like, you're just like, I just, I need something sweet. I did a trek up Mount Kenya, um, which was nine days up and down all in all. So again, nothing in comparison. But I did find it quite strange in terms of how primal you become about certain things. So uh, when I was offered snacks, like the healthy options of whatever nutritionist ball of whatever, nuts, etc., I would be offered, I'd be like, no, <laughs> give me sugar. <laughs> Seriously, take your coconut balls. It's weird. Oh, 
Yeah, I mean, and that is a morale booster on, a, on yeah. an expedition. It's a thing that you're like, I'm. If I do like five kilometers in a kayak, I will have some chockey and I will be happy. Oh my god! And I think that there's something in that as well in terms of rewarding yourself. You can apply that to going to the gym even for forty minutes. If you've done it, if you've been there and done it, you are allowed to treat yourself. Well, that's it. And like life should be about balance, right? It's, you can't all be like puritanical the whole time. It is. It is balance. It is having fun, and it is just relaxing and giving yourself a bit of a treat, isn't it? Oh, Pip, I'm very much enjoying your wisdom and your hippie flow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to take from this particular episode of Sorry Not Sorry, is just go with the flow. And I am such a fan and lover of nature. There's just something about it that you can't really put into words. And I think when you travel, you really get an idea as to how important that is in terms of different culture as well well that's it and you, you were just saying before we went on air that about being in Jamaica and I think when you're in wild places you suddenly realize that we're part of this like massive system aren't we mm. when we are just one part and it's so easy to forget that when you're rushing around doing your job and like thinking oh god I'm so stressed and it's like taking yourself away from that and just kind of getting a bit of perspective I think travel is such a pleasure Though the environment is also a, a massive anxiety for everyone living on this planet right now. Um, money and, you know, a lot of the, the stuff that is just in our daily lives. Do you have any advice as to how we might be able to put travel uh, into our lives if we don't have that already. Yeah, I mean, and this is something that I'm massively keen on doing, like exploring the UK. It's exploring what's on your doorstep, essentially. Mm. If, you know, if you live in London or something, get off the tube, like one step before you normally get and walk. And and just go, go to parts of your town or your city that you've never explored before, because guaranteed there'll be something there that's new to discover. And this is what I'm finding. The more I ask people, you know, what's really cool to do around here, even if it's my neighbours, yeah. you come up with ideas that you've never seen before. And that's the thing. If, if you think about the UK, we have so many different nationalities and cultures right here in the UK. We do not need to get on a plane and go anywhere, really. Mm. We can like literally go and talk to anyone and, and say, you know, T tell me something I don't know because everyone can teach you something. I totally agree. And using your imagination in terms of how you get travel tips because it's so easy for us, as you mentioned, the Jaguar in our pockets, a.k.a. phone, to follow certain hashtags or influences of people who really can gloss up a certain experience that might be enjoyable in some respects, but there's loads of other ways of finding out like cool things to do. And it, it is sometimes by being brave and talking to people around you. Yeah, and also like human-powered travel Travel. Like, get, if you've got a bicycle, get, or even just go for a walk, because mm. you'll end up in places that tourists don't necessarily go to. Um, the people you're going to meet are probably more interested in you as well, because they're like, why are you here? You're not this big tourist destination. Um, and you'll have better conversations. And one of my favourite things, wherever I go, is like, where do the old men hang out? Because you know how like old <laughs> men sometimes congregate and just like chill out with cups of tea or beer or whatever it is and whatever yeah. culture? I reckon they're onto something. So I try and find where the old men are and like go hang out and just le learn some tips. That's so funny. I've got to say, I have just come back from a big trip in Jamaica. We did go kind of off the beaten track and we didn't have a, a big enough budget for us for it to be really bespoke and tailor-made and chauffeur-driven. So we were out there in the thick of it and one evening did spend uh, an entire night being taught how to play dominoes, which is very much an old Jamaican man tradition. And it was one of the best things that we did. Absolutely, yeah, that's, that's what you want. <laughs> Slamming down dominoes and drinking rum. It's simple, but it was fantastic. <laughs> that was pleasure, people. Apart from travel... 
Are there any passions, loves or leisures that you indulge in from time to time that might be unexpected? I love a little bit of art, actually. Yeah. I'm not the most brilliant artist in the world, but I've not done it since school. And just throwing those really bright colours on the page and just like mixing things and like that clash of colour made me feel really happy. And, uh, you know, I'm no Picasso. But yeah, it was one of those things where I'm really glad I tried it because I was like, actually, this is really chilling me out. I don't have the space for it, but I would like to uh, have some big canvases around me and splash loads of colour on them. Maybe just like body paint myself and like smash myself against the canvas. I feel like it would be really fun. <laughs> I think there's probably a niche for that. Finger painting to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> Pip, one last question. I am giving you an extra hour to unapologetically do whatever you damn please because after all, pleasure is a fundamental need that we need to celebrate. What are you going to do with the hour? Oh, do you know what? I'm going to put some headphones on, put some music on and go for a little walk along the beach on my own. Hopefully get some creative inspiration, write a poem and then just like wander down the beach, I think. Chill out. sounds nice. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today, Pip. You're an inspiration. You really, really are. And it's exciting to see what will be your next adventurous trip. Um, Thank you for listening. I hope you're inspired and that you get out there, find out where the old men hang out. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe for more incredible episodes brought to you by Galaxy Chocolate. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you could just give us five stars. I would love that a lot. Go on. It's very much appreciated. This is Sorry Not Sorry, brought to you by Galaxy Chocolate. Until next time, make sure, go on, please, you do deserve it. I absolutely promise you give yourself an hour at least to choose pleasure, whether it's naked body painting, a nice bit of chocolate, or just hurtling yourself across the planet on a bike for 13 months. We've got your back. (laughs) 